I could remember standing at the start line the next year and I was just how impactful this, what I do, that solidified it for me. How impactful uh, a job I have to, to see the world come here and run this race. Um, and, and when the howitzer went off, I, I mean, I couldn't pull myself away and, and I was really overwhelmed at the time, but it, it, it just, it, it just, it was a testament to all the work that's done that, that we do to, uh, put this on and, and, um, and just standing there and seeing the people run past the, the start line was like really, uh, it was just overwhelming, but, but it was something I'll always, always remember. That's Peter Cha-Cha, and this is episode 32 of the Morning Shakeout Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm your host, Mario Fraioli, and this week, I've got Peter Cha-Cha. He is the president of events at New York Roadrunners and the race director of the New York City Marathon, which takes place next month. I had a tight window of time for this one, but we covered a lot of ground, including Peter's upcoming retirement after 18 years with the New York Roadrunners, what he'll miss most about his job, and the mark that he hopes to leave on the organization and the sport when he steps down. We talked about his upbringing in the Bronx and how that shaped his passion for health and fitness, why he first got involved with the New York Roadrunners in 2002 and how his role there has evolved over that time, as well as his time working in the music industry and how that experience has influenced the way that he thinks about and puts on running events. I asked him about the importance of professional athletes to the sport and what he's done to help bridge the gap between the front of the pack and the back of the field. We also got into anti-doping and the New York Roadrunners Run Clean initiative and why that's important. And there's a whole lot more, including Peter's impeccable fashion sense and what he plans to do after he retires. We recorded this episode last week in Chicago, just before the Chicago Marathon, so you'll hear a few authentic city noises in the background. I apologize for those, but this was a great conversation, so sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with New York City Marathon race director, Peter Chacha. Right. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule here in Chicago, and welcome to the Morning Shakeout Podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. So, before we get into running talk, which a majority of this podcast will probably be about, you were probably the most stylish guy in running that I've ever come across. <laughs> yeah. where, does, where does that come from? Even here, we're in Chicago, you've got you know your New York Roadrunners, New yeah. York City Marathon garb on, but you, you find a way to make it look good. Yeah, well, you know, I, I have to... Uh, um, give credit to my dad. My dad was such a, and, and my mom, um, they were, they were a very fashionable couple, but my dad was, um, an impeccable dresser. And, and, um, when he was young, um, uh, you know, as a young man, uh, he's, his mother was a, a, um, a seamstress. So I think it comes from that. Um, but he would always dress, uh, uh, with a tie and, um, a jacket with a pocket square and, you know, and we grew up that way. And, and, um, at, at the dinner table, you know, you had to, had to wear a shirt. You couldn't come in there and like a t-shirt, like we hang out in, but, um, yeah, he was, he was very fashionable and he was a, he was a barber and my mother was a beautician. So, you know, it's kind of like you around that your life you see kind of see that yeah. um i assume you're from italian heritage I am, correct? yeah where are your parents from my my father was born in naples uh, in naples my father was born in bari 
And my mom uh, is from, uh, her family is from Naples. She was born here, but, uh, you know, her mom and my grandmom was uh, from Naples. And so it's really an Italian, Italian roots. What are some of the biggest life lessons, aside from dressing well, that you grew up with growing up in an Italian-American household? You know, it, it's, it, it was all about family, you know, and um, instilled that kind of, um, you know, those kind of values in, in my sister. I have an older sister and uh, myself when we were growing up. And, and it was very, um, it was very uh, family-orientated because my, my mom's um, brothers and sisters uh, were all in the same area within a, within a stone's throw of where I grew up. So it was always somebody's house we were going over for, you know, Sunday, Sunday dinner. And, you know, it was very much about family. Um, my dad, uh, came over here as a young man, um, you know, in his early, in his late teens and, um, kind of, uh, had a, had an aunt here and stayed with his aunt and, and sort of, uh, you know, built his, you know, his, his career here. But, um, eventually he, his brother from Italy and their family came over. So it was like this big, you know, Italian, Italian, uh, group of, uh, folks that would just, uh, we would just go back and forth all, all, all the time. Yeah. That resonates a lot with me. My own family came from Italy. My dad moved here when he was 12 with oh, my yeah. grandparents and same sort of deal. Yeah. One of his aunts moved over first, yeah. and then they moved over, yeah. and then another aunt and uncle moved over, and they all moved into the same neighborhood. And there is just that feeling of family and yeah. togetherness yeah. that, you know, I came later, but you grow up around. Yeah, you and do. And it impacts you. Yeah, it does. It certainly does. It's funny when my, when my um, father's family came over, they actually moved into uh, the apartment that we were staying in, and we, we didn't have a very big apartment. Um, so there, <laughs> there was like, I don't know, 10 people in this place until they, you know, kind of moved over to uh, Arthur Avenue and get themselves situated. How have you been able to apply those lessons to your career, especially now as president of events at New York Roadrunners and race director of New York City Marathon, where you manage a large team, but also just in the years leading up to now? Yeah. And, you know, we, I'll always say that the uh, New York Roadrunners, we're a family. We, we really are. And um, we, we take the time to um, spend time with the people and, and, and get to know them, talk to them, see what they're, you know, uh, what, what they're interested in. And, you know, it's very important to do that as, as a leader in any kind of organization. Uh, the best, most valuable asset to an organization are the, the people that you have working for you. Um, and if you make the environment, um, you know, uh, and make the environment friendly and make the environment a place where people want to come to and work and, and, um, you know, but give them the right career paths. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it, the value to that is, is unbelievable. And, and we feel it, we see it, you know, I, I mean, we have, we have people that have been working with us for a long time. Um, and, and they love what they're doing. Um, my technical director, Jim Heim, who is um, my right-hand guy, has been with me for 11 years. So you kind of build that family, starts to build like that, you know. He'll be the guy taking over for you when you retire after he, this year's New York City Marathon. He will. He will. And, and he, is, he is primed for it, you know. Um, when, he, when he started, I could see how 
people would gravitate to him and he has a way about him that uh you know is uh, he's an empathetic uh guy and he's a real family man and and he carries a lot of values with him from from his own from his own background a smart very smart uh individual too and uh thoughtful so you know seeing him uh in the early years i could tell that this was somebody i would really want to develop if he was into continuing working with us and i made it a point to sort of carve out um uh you know his path for him and uh i i'm so i'm so thrilled about it because he's just going to take over and it's going to be seamless really is off mic, we were talking about how this is technically your last month on the job yeah. as New York City Marathon race director. This year's race is on November 4th. We're talking on October 5th here. How are you feeling at this moment? You know, it's, um, you know, it's been bittersweet. You know, um, I, I had put a lot of thought into this. It wasn't something that I just, you know, decided to do. Um, I, you know, probably about six months, I was making my list pros and cons and going back and forth and sitting and thinking about it. And I love, I love New York Roadrunners. I absolutely love what we do. Um, we're a community based organization, 365 days a year. I love producing events. Um, and you know, that's, that's something that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always be, you know, um, wanting to do probably when I leave, um, you know, just to, just to volunteer somewhere to do that. But, um, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, um, the, the decision came, um, pretty much when, uh, you know, I sat down and, and started getting all these AARP magazines in the mail and I would toss them out and said, uh, you know, one time I read an article and it was about reconnecting with family, you know, and this job, this job is great, but it is also a very hard job to do. I'm wired that way. And, um, you know, eight, uh, 18 years of putting on events and we put on events every weekend and these are not small events. And you're at many of them. Yeah, I'm at mostly all of them. And, and that's, that's me being wired that way. But also I have a responsibility and my responsibility is to, is, is to make sure that we deliver a safe and great experience and that, you know, I'm there to support the team and, you know, that we, we have a whole, you know, a whole, a whole group of people that come out there and work, but, but I still, I still have to be on site. So, you know, there's a lot of hours put into that, a lot of early mornings. And, you know, um, so I put a lot of stuff on hold, you know, which, which was my choice and it was okay. Um, you know, now starting to think about it, I hit 65 in July, you know, and I was uh, starting to think about, okay, so what's the next, next thing I'm, I, you know, I should be thinking about. And, and it was, it was really to reconnect with family and, and get back to doing some things like traveling and, you know, that stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited about it in a way. Is it going to be hard for you to rewire yourself at 65 years old? Um, I think, you know, so the plan is this, you know, for, I, I need to really disconnect, um, before I start thinking about any kind of wiring system that goes on. Um, and I, so the plans right now, um, I, I'm leaving the country for, for maybe, I think it's about two and a half months. I'll be, I'll be in uh, Australia and New Zealand. And I'm going to take my time and just going totally off the grid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Totally off the grid. But, uh, you know, I, ha I have friends that have been pulling at me and, and uh, um, a dear friend of mine uh, who's who's born and raised in New Zealand kept, you know, talking about getting down there and, you know, I should go and, you know, I should check it out. And um, and it's it's such a beautiful country. And, and but I've built around uh, what I'm 
off doing. I've built some adventures. You know, I'm a very active individual and I love going out into uh, trail running or biking or even kayaking. So I've built this whole thing for two months to be running all over the place um, uh, in New Zealand and both islands. And somewhere in there, I think I'm going to shear some sheep. Okay. You just mentioned how heavily involved you are in all of the events that New York Roadrunners puts on. And I'm sure as the president of events, you could say, hey, why don't you go to this race and you go to this race and I'll cover this one. You could kind of spread things around, but you're everywhere and you stay at the finish line from the first finisher who comes across all the way to the last one. Aside from it being your job as race director, why are you there the entire time? You know, that's that's very important um, to me. You know, I, I think it's, it's, I, I just want, it's unbelievable to be able to share in, in, in these individuals' achievements, you know, as they, as they come in and, and it's a lot of fun. I meet a lot of people, you know, and I just, I just, uh, think that I'm, you know, I'm not running the races. I can't run our races. I run, but I don't run, you know, maybe on my own, I'll go up, uh, and do some, some stuff up in Van Collen Park or, you know, if there's another person's race, the 5k tomorrow, you know, um, that's another person's race that I could stick myself in if I wanted to. But the, the, um, you know, the, the whole thing about, um, being able to celebrate, um, these accomplishments, these achievements of these people, I look, you know, our last finishes, uh, you know, we, we, we have, we have a lot of uh, things going for us in New York. And what's, what's really going for us is a great relationship with the city and our parks department's uh, uh, relationship with the commissioner there. And, and we have our finish lines in the park. So I'm not, a lot of times I'm not out on the street where, you know, we have to kind of shut down, yeah, and open up the streets pretty quickly. So for the marathon, uh, I'm afforded the opportunity to leave the finish line up and, and keep it up for all night long. And, you know, that's what I, I love doing. I, I just, uh, I think it's so impactful, you know, and last year, um, last year I had the pro athletes come out and, and, stand with me and give out some medals. And, you know, the year before I was at the pro athlete dinner afterwards, you know, the pro athletes have finished, you know, they haven't lunch already and everybody's still running. Right. So the, the, um, we had, we had a little dinner. It was, it was about seven o'clock over at uh, one of the restaurants near the finish line. And, you know, I went to the dinner and I was, you know, doing my thing saying thank you to everybody for, for coming to New York. And, um, I got a phone, phone call, which is the, the team telling me, okay, we have eyes on the last finisher who's coming through. And I said, okay. And I excused myself and I said what I, why, why I was leaving. And they had no idea what I, what that was about. Um, so they asked the staff like that, that remained like, what is that? What is that? What is he doing? And, and, um, you know, the professional athlete group kind of filled them in and they thought that was the coolest thing. So I said, well, if it's so cool, you're going to come next year. So I, I'm, you know, I, I offered them the opportunity and we had like a dozen people, dozen pros at this, at the finish line. And they, you know, and it was really getting your medal from Shalane Flanagan, who just ran and won the uh, TCS New York City Marathon. And the last finisher last year was uh, an individual that, uh, by the name of David Frazier. He's part of the Achilles team, you know, and he pushes himself backwards. And I see him all the time because he's at our races throughout the year and in the park. And he was actually the last finisher. Tatiana McFadden gave him the medal. And it's just had... That is super cool. It was really... It was so emotional. It was really good. I just love it. I, I, 
I, I couldn't, that's what I'm going to really miss. What was some of the feedback from the athletes after that experience of being there for the final finishers? Because and we can talk about this later in the conversation. A lot of times there's a big disconnect between the front of the field and certainly the the back of the field, but that is a very direct way of bringing them together. That's exactly why I did it. I, I want them to realize what this sport is about. There's there's a professional element to the sport, which is very important, and and it allows us the platform uh, to to broadcast and and go out with it as a sporting event. But there's a whole nother side to it. Um, you know, there's, there's the citizen runner. There's those individuals that every, every 52,000 runners, everybody has a reason for running. And, you know, to be able to see that, to, it's tangible and you can feel it and touch it. It brings, brings something else to life for those pro runners. And that's what I've been hearing for, from, from the pros that come out and, and stand with me, you know, and, and I think I do actually think this year is going to be phenomenal. Hey, we're going to take a quick break so that I can introduce you to our sponsor for this episode. And it's a new one. It is Koros. Koros makes a new GPS running watch called the Pace, which I've been using exclusively since late August. And I haven't gone back to my old watch since. So what's so great about the Pace? Well, a lot of things. It's got the fastest GPS signal acquisition of any watch on the market. I literally walk outside, put it in run mode, and boom, I'm connected. It's not bulky, which I really appreciate. One of my biggest problems with GPS watches is that they're heavy and they take up a lot of space on my wrist, but not the Pace. It's super sleek and it's really lightweight. Let's see, what else? The battery is incredible. You get up to 25 hours in GPS mode. Uh, The interface, it's intuitive, it's adaptable, and it's really easy to use. The watch also has a wrist-based heart rate, has a barometric altimeter for accurate elevation readings, and it comes in three super cool colors, black, blue, and red. They all look really great. And finally, the app and the software is really well designed. There is not a bunch of unnecessary features, which I really appreciate, and it syncs easily with Strava, which is super important to me. There's a lot I like about this watch, and I think you will too. And right now, Koros is offering Morning Shakeout listeners a 10% discount on the pace. So just go to koros.com, that's C-O-R-O-S.com, and enter the code SHAKEOUT at checkout, and you'll save 10%. My thanks to Koros for their support of the Morning Shakeout podcast. Now let's get back to the show. So New York Roadrunner races, New York City Marathon's biggest, most popular marathon in the world, arguably one of the most competitive as well. You bring in world-class athletes, and as you had talked about, you span the spectrum. You've got Back of the Packers, middle of the Packers, locally, New York's a very competitive scene, and we all participate in these things as that we call races. Yeah. What is a race to you? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think uh, I think a race to me is is a um, is is a uh, a way for an individual to achieve and whatever that is that they're trying to achieve, and 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 the belief that they have in themselves. Um, is to, is, it, it will have to come inside. It has to come from inside you, you know, and, and the race, I think, allows an individual to find their true worth, you know, they're all, it's, it's a, it's a gallant effort, right? It's unreal, uh, in terms of the, this endurance sport that we're in and what you have to put into it to, uh, to, um, train and, and, you know, the commitment that you have. So a race, a race, that's why I'm so committed to the race because of the people that are committing themselves to race. You're 18 years with New York Roadrunners. 
What is your most memorable moment if you could pin it down to one? Yeah, a lot. So many people, they, they ask me this all the time. And, and, um, uh, I have so many, so many moments and, and with races and with our programs, our free programs that we do in the parks. Um, I'm so proud of what we're doing with our youth wheelchair program now, getting kids that are, you know, in wheelchairs starting to, starting to, uh, get active. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, uh, professional runners actually are supporting that, uh, Tatiana, Josh George, they donating wheelchairs and what, but, but to answer the question, I think the most impactful, it, there was a one, one year I was not at the start line on the Verrazano bridge that was 2009. And what happened that year is, um, somewhere in the evening of Friday, right before the race, I wasn't feeling really good leading into the race, you know, for a few, few weeks. And, you know, I kind of thought, ah, it's got, got a little flu bug. And all we were doing was throwing down vitamins and, you know, all the stuff that you, you do to try to n- knock out a, a cold or you think it's cold. And, um, we were out finished putting the finishing touches on the blue line. And it's a whole process in the convoy. I'm usually at that time I was in, involved in the convoy and I, when we got to the park, before we actually laid down the blue line in the park, I, I just excused myself from it. I said, you know, the guys, you finish up. I'm just going to go home. I wasn't feeling good. So I got home and probably in the, in the overnight, um, I, I, I was rushed to the hospital. And, and what had happened is funny because when I got to the hospital, everybody in the hospital, like the emergency room, all the doctors and nurses knew who I was because they all volunteered to come to the, like, what are you doing here? Yeah. What are you doing here? You know, and I'm in there with my radios and everything. And I, you know, it's just, I was kind of, I thought I had appendicitis, you know, actually that's what I was just in severe pain. And, um, you know, so they did their tests and everything. Uh, and, and, um, they said, no, we got to take you in and do some surgery. Um, and I said, there's no way I'm going into the, into, uh, into the operating room. I got a race on Sunday now, you know, and they, they said, you can't leave here. It's, it's a little more serious than appendicitis. So, um, I had to go, but I asked them, can I take my radios with me, you know, into the operate? Like, I'm really going to be able to talk to anybody when I'm on the radio. You so, are, you are yeah, wired a certain yeah, way. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's true. Sorry. So, so they, you know, um, they, they knew who I was and what, what, what my job was, um, the surgery after the surgery, uh, when I woke up from the anesthesia, it was now Sunday and the race was in progress. So they had the TV on, uh, in my room. And as, as I opened my eyes, there's Meb running past the water station. And I just remember seeing him run past the water station. I said, wow, he didn't fall. It's great. Boom. I went back out because of the anesthesia. Um, but in, in reality, what, what this is about is when I got back, um, and it was kind of, I didn't know where, you know, what was happening in the last, you know, the first couple, uh, um, months after, after the surgery. Um, thankfully everything was fine and worked out. And, and I got back into, um, into roadrunners and, you know, gearing up. And, and I could remember standing at the start line the next year. And I was just how impactful this, what I do, that solidified it for me, how impactful uh, a job I have to, to see the world come here and run this race. Um, and, and when the howitzer went off, I, I mean, I couldn't pull myself away and, and I was really overwhelmed at the time, but 
it, it, it just, it, it just, it was a testament to all the work that's done that, that we do to, uh, put this on and, and, um, and just standing there and seeing the people run past the, the start line was like really, uh, it was just overwhelming, but, but it was something I'll always, always remember. Pretty incredible story. Yeah. 18 years ago, you started at New York Roadrunners. As far as I know, you weren't working in the running industry before that. What got you into not just New York Roadrunners, but running events in general? Well, okay. So in, I've always been an active person, you know, so we'll go back to the beginning of the, uh, uh, of our little interview here. The, um, um, I grew up in a neighborhood that had a, uh, families, right? So it was sort of very much family orientated and everybody had two or three kids and we were all the same age and, you know, um, which was, which was great. You could either go one or two ways. I grew up in the Bronx. You could go down a bad road or you can, you know, kind of, we found sports and sports was very much, uh, part of, part of my, my growing up. Uh, the police athletic league, um, you know, they, they, we couldn't afford to go away on, you know, vacations and stuff. We, we weren't that, um, that wealthy and, and, uh, uh, day camps and, you know, all the kids, you know, so the police athletic league really helped shape, you know, what it was about to be, uh, to be in sports. And, you know, we play everything from, softball, stickball, baseball, and then go up to Van Corlin. I didn't grow up far from Van Corlin Park. So we'd go up to Vanny and we'd wind up, uh, you know, playing football up there in the stadium and, you know, running the trails in the, in the backwoods. So I've always been, I've always been athletically inclined, um, to the point where I got, um, and tell the story too. My, my mom and dad bought me a little, uh, black and white television. Uh, to put in my room. I don't know how old I was, maybe 12, 13. And at that time, Jack LaLanne, do you know Jack LaLanne? This, this, Jack LaLanne had this show, this exercise guru show. And I used to turn, turn this thing on at, you know, I don't know what time it came on in the evening. I turned this, this thing on and I, I, I just like, I was enamored with this guy and, and his jumping jacks and working out. And, I, and that's what really got me started. I was like a, a fiend with this. And, um, and so that's always been carried through my whole life. Um, when I went to college, I, I, st I actually studied music and I graduated with a, a degree in musicology and, um, you went on to work in the music industry yeah, for I went a while, on to work in the music industry for a while, but I worked, I worked in production and I worked, uh, you know, it, and that was what that was for, for some time in, uh, CBS records and over in Sony. Um, when, uh, and then I went, um, out and had, uh, started my own company. Uh, and the company was a production company. It was, uh, you know, we'd, uh, we would, um, look for artists, sign artists, you know, produce them, go in the studio, produce them and then put them on the road. And I love the road. The road was the best part of putting them out there because you would, you would uh, put together the tours, you know, you'd have to put together all the logistics of the tours. And what is that the, the evening going to look like? And, you know, all the support that you have to bring in and all of that. So that, that was a, that was a part of, um, you know, my background, um, at, uh, I did that for 10 years. I had my own company for 10 years with a partner. And, um, I decided at 10, around 10 years that I was going to, um, put a, put a, uh, sell it and, you know, kind of get out and my partner took it over. So I, I moved out of that and I was, I was off, um, kind of semi-retired. I don't know if you want to call it retirement. I was just in between things. And, um, a friend of mine said, Hey, I'm train training for the Chicago marathon. Um, 
you want to train with me? I said, yeah, okay, let's do it. So we started, you know, and that's where we started running all these crazy marathons, ultra marathons, all this stuff. Um, uh, but that the production piece never left me. So when I started running, I was running New York Roadrunner races even before, you know, way before I was working here. And, um, uh, I saw, um, through their website, a little posting that they were looking for help. I went and volunteered at the, at the, uh, at one of the expos at the marathon, one of the marathons. And then I, you know, I kind of met Mary, Mary Wittenberg and, you know, we just got to, uh, you know, got to a place where, you know, I, I'll come in and I'll help you out on a couple of projects. And one project led to another project. That was 2001. Here I am, you know, snowballed from there. Yeah, it just snowballed them. But, but the production side of it was, was, was important because Mary had a vision. I had a vision when we got together, how to elevate the experience and how to elevate the, the event. The marathon then was just really about the race, the, the, the professional race. It wasn't about like a, a week of like what it is now. It's, it's an absolute spectacle in New York, you know? So we built that. We, I was strategic on how, how I wanted to attack that, but there were certain things that we, we changed and we elevated and, you know, working with television because television was part of, part of the gig too. So, so in a lot of ways, it's not different than a big musical act. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it really isn't. You're putting on a show. Did, you know, you have a, you have a professional race and you have a show and the show is what, you know, the professional race is part of, you know, you're showing off to the world, what, what we, you know, the sport you're showing off to the world, the, you know, this huge moving festival, um, you, you know, and so you have to find ways to, you know, make that interesting and, you know, make it fun. And, and I think we've really moved the needle that way. Do you think you've influenced other races to rethink their own strategy? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think we did. Um, there were there were some, you know, some of what we do at the at the um, at, at the finish line in the marathon, um, bringing in digital screens and digital ribbons and the lead up to the to the finish line and the photo bridge over the top of the finish line is all digitized now and you know we could put messaging up there and you know there's sponsor stuff and then runner stuff. And that kind of engagement and that kind of thought into what we're doing from a production side started to be picked up by other races. And I see that, you know, because I, I, I go to lots of races, uh, around, around the world. And, you know, and believe me, you know, there, there, there are folks, there, there are race directors that are doing things that I like, you know, and, and the, the point of this is, all, all boats rise, you know, it, you, we don't sit in New York saying, don't show anybody anything. I, I invite everybody in, you know, and that's, that's kind of what, uh, the Abbott world, Ma Abbott world marathon majors is about too. um, case in point. I mean, I've known Carrie here, Carrie Pinkowski for 15 years, you know, um, and, and when I, when I met him and his Mike Nishi, his staff and his crew, I was like, wow, these guys, these guys are really, uh, together, man. They, they really know what they're doing. They, they was, they were so welcoming and, and we shared a lot of ideas with each other. Mike, Mike is one of the top technical guys as well as Jim Heim. So we're constantly talking to each other, all the races, you know, and we, we think that that's the way to make the sport and the events better and great. Everyone can help. 
everyone else out. And I think that's something we could all do more of in our lives. You mentioned professional athletes. And when you came to New York Roadrunners, that was what the New York City Marathon was about. And it still is to a degree. It's one of the most competitive professional athlete fields in the world. How important are professional athletes to the race? They are important. They're they're really important. And, 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 um, over the years it's, it's, um, we've, we've been very, um, good at putting together, um, compelling races, races that, that, um, you know, that you could watch on TV that make, you know, uh, make it interesting. And, um, have a good storyline, you know? And, and I think, I think that having the pros in the race obviously brings the broadcast. And when you bring in the broadcast and especially a world worldwide broadcast, like we have, then you're, you're elevating the sport, you know, you, you, you're showing off, um, what your city is about and you're showing the sport and you're building the sport. And we've taken a lot of efforts in, in, in our, um, developing the a professional athlete group is the top i think the top group of guys sam grotwald and and uh and and chris weiler and his team um they we spend a lot of time figuring out how we how we're going to put these fields together you know well it's interesting it's, too from my perspective it's not just a professional athlete group in terms of the athletes themselves you guys have a whole program i mean yeah. th- you have people working full time on just the professional athletes coming into New York Roadrunner races, especially New York City Marathon, and they're involved far beyond just running from the Verrazano Bridge to right. Central Park. Yeah, you've got them in early. You're doing stories about them. They're going out to schools and that, stuff. How important is extending it beyond just the well, race? It's absolutely, absolutely the top thing that you have to do with pros. Look, you know, we're giving, we're giving the professional athletes the greatest market, the biggest platform to, to show, show what they've got, you know? So we invite them in, but we, we also, want you you have to have for for somebody to like really say tune in or somebody to really want to follow the sport you have to build the personality so you know following a a specific athlete is it's really important for that athlete's career as well right and it's important for the the organizer so we work on that and and we tell the athletes when they come in it's important but the the programs that we put together are so really important too that's that's the you know what what we're about in New York Roadrunners so we ask the athletes you know as they when they come to New York to to work with us and support us Tatiana McFadden Josh George I, I talked to you about the youth wheelchair program I, I sat in uh, London uh, at the London Marathon I don't know five years ago. And, and I pulled them aside, uh, you know, it's just general conversation. I said, listen, you know, I, the, uh, I'm concerned about the young kids in wheelchairs and, you know, they told me their stories and, you know, um, how they started and what it's done for them. And, you know, the, the kids, the kids in wheelchairs, in my view and, and, and doing the research were, were not anaerobically or aerobically fit. They weren't being given that opportunity because their parents were pushing them all the time. So I, th- I, I went to our, um, um, our mayor's office, uh, our mayor's uh, office has a, a division for the disabled. Um, and Victor Khaleesi is the commissioner. And I went to Victor, who's disabled himself and was a sports person and, um, got himself, uh, yeah, um, paralyzed in a ski accident. 
And, you know, I talked to him and I said, listen, I want to start this thing. And he's, and he's there. I'm with you, you know? So I went back to the pros and I said, will you support it? And absolutely. So that's the kind of thing that you bring them in and they help you build and, and they're attaching themselves to something. So again, everything rises. Yeah, and them, others follow you know? suit. Right. Yeah. One thing I've always appreciated about New York Roadrunners is your commitment to clean sport. And that is something that you spearheaded a couple of years ago. Talk to me a little bit about that and why it was such an important initiative for you. Well, you know, uh, it, this goes back. I mean, New York, New York Roadrunners, uh, our marathon was one of the, you know, we highly tested events all along. Um, we, we have in New York, we have a very competitive, uh, local elites that race, um, all our weekly races, uh, these club point systems and, you I know, coach a few of them, I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you do. So, so it was really important, uh, for me because for, first of all, um, what, what the whole thing that was going on with Sochi, it was driving me crazy, you know, reading this every, every day, there was another report coming in the times and, and, and I just felt that if this continued, um, the sport was going to nosedive. Like some, you know, people that sponsors were going to say, what the hell is going on here? You know, why should I invest in, in, in a race? Why should I invest in your property? Um, when, when it flip around, we find out that the, uh, the winner, it was, was all doped, you know? And so we wanted to, wanted to drive home the fact that we, we are very, very, um, concerned about it. And we're very, proactive about it with the Abbey world marathon majors. I mean, we've, we've, we've got the, the six majors got together and, and we put money into, um, out of competition testing and we've created pools so that we, we can draw from, from these pools of people who have uh, basically have clean reports or clean report card. But as you said earlier on, we have a, we have a team that's full time. And what's, what's really important is they keep their ear to the ground. They talk to people. They talk to other athletes. They talk to the agents. They talk, you know, and, and, you know, you kind of have to do due diligence and you have to be a little bit of an investigative reporter and kind of go out there and where there's smoke, there's fire, you know, and, and we kind of stay away from that. Um, so getting back to the competitive, local competitive, um, you know, I was hearing stories about, uh, some agents in, in, um, uh, other, other uh, cities bringing athletes in um, f from uh, Kenya and, and Ethiopia and letting them run cir the circuits, you know, the prize money circuits around the country, taking the prize money and, you know, kind of, but, you know, uh, and then going back to Kenya, but the, they would take, you know, the agents would take a piece of it. So these athletes were making, I don't know, $25,000, you know, it's not a huge amount of money when you think about, you know, the mages that we pay, but still it was, it was the, the idea of these guys going and, and runners going around. Taken um, away from the local taken athletes. Taken away from the local athletes and, and dirty in the sport even more. And that's, that, that, that was, you know, I, I just like didn't want to hear about that. And that, you know, um, what can I, what can we do? Because we have people that come in from, other other cities and run you know they, they run with us not all not everybody's uh you know uh, a local but um so we we instituted um uh, a uh, drug uh, uh testing um procedures and random testing at our, at our weekly races you know and we've been doing it for several years now um and with usada as our partner but what was really most important to me really at the top is education 
because I always feel that the, the some of these athletes, especially the athletes um, in Kenya and Ethiopia, uh, are not really being educated the right way about what they're taking. They have like lots of shady people, you know, that are trying to take advantage, of take them. advantage of them. And they don't here, take this supplement. This is good for you here. Take this shot. This is good for you. And, you know, even with the supplement business, I mean, there's, you have to know what you're doing and the, the athletes should know what they're, what, what they're putting in their bodies. Right. It's their job. Right. It's the job. And, 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 but you also want to give them the inf- the right information. So I want to give them the opportunity to say, okay. The, these guys, these guys are really out there trying to trying to clean the sport up, and and uh, you know, and I'm I'm very firm on there will not not be a reinvite if you're found um, you know doping. You'll never come to New York and run, or, or if you're in New York, you won't be invited to any of the races. Um, and as as well as the managers, I say this. I have. Um, uh, the technical meetings that, that we have for the athletes, I, we, we go through this whole three days leading in. You have to take an education ses, uh, um, session with USADA, a refresher course with USADA. And if you don't take it, you're not going on the line. You, I, it doesn't matter who you are. You have to take, sit down and, and take this. So we're, we're, we've been, uh, really, really pushing that. And I have to tell you, the, uh, the community, the professional community is welcoming it. They want this, uh, you know, to happen. And I think, um, one of the, that's, that's one of the things I'm proud of, you know, that we, we, we're really out in the f- front lines on this. Thank you. I think it's important yeah. for the sport. A couple more things before we wrap up here. You're done after this year's race. You're going to travel for a little bit. You're a native New Yorker, grew yeah. up in the Bronx, been right. there your entire life, been involved with New York Roadrunners for 18 years in a professional capacity do you think you'll stay involved to some degree once you do come back to new york and settle into quote-unquote retired life (laughs) retire well first of all there's a whole world out there of senior discounts that i I can explore you know i could go to the movies two times a day and you know not pay that much but um yeah you know i think i think what i want to do um and i said this to a number of people I want, I want Jim to flourish. Jim, Jim is going to do great, you know, and not to sound overly egotistical or anything, but you know, if I start, if I'm all of a sudden back, you know, it's going to kind of take away from his, you know, his ability now to, to, to be the front person and lead and, you know, all of that. And he, he's going to do a great job. Um, I, I, at some point, you know, anybody, I'm not vaporizing, you know, I keep saying this to the, to the team. I'm not, you could pick up the phone and call me if there's questions or stuff like that. Um, at some point, maybe I'll, I'll think about, um, coming back and, and running, running, um, a couple of the races, but not right away, um, for sure. And I think, um, and I think the, um, you know, the whole, the whole idea of, uh, of, retiring is kind of wacky to me, but, you know, I, I want to f- figure out what it is. You know, I haven't never, you know, really never retired. So, you know, I, you know, I'm going to be spending more time with, with, with family and, you know, I'll figure it out. But I definitely want to stay in touch with, with the group that's working on our youth wheelchair program. I just have, I, I just love it. I think, I think, uh, um, the, I think the team is, is doing such a good job and we're still piloting it. So, at some point, maybe I could help out with that. What legacy do you hope to leave on the New York Roadrunners and running in general? 
You know, I, I'll, I'll say this, Mario. I, I mean, I, I'm privileged to be in this job. You know, this is just, this is a dream job. For some reason, you know, the stars aligned and I, you know, got involved with Growth Runners. But you have to understand, I'm standing on the shoulders of people that came before me. You know, all of those folks, uh, Fred the impresario, Alan the technical guy. You know, I didn't get a chance to work with Fred. Fred passed before, you know, I started working um, at New York Roadhouse, but I did get a chance to work with Alan for a little while um, before before he, he retired. And, you know, just to be able to come in and, you know, put a little brush stroke to uh, onto the canvas was it was enough you know for me i mean i you know legacy i you know i don't know i mean you know what what i love to leave behind is um people that understand how much how much passion i have for the running community and 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 how much i i'd love to see from the first runner to the last runner you know, a, a great experience at every race. Um, you know, I think, I think we made the, the, uh, at least in my tenure, uh, we were able to do things with the marathon and, and, and our other races, um, by being smart and looking at different ways to do things and building relationships and the relationships that you need to get this stuff going. And, and, and most of those relationships are at the city level, um, which is the first thing that I, I kind of worked on um, because you can't do any of this stuff without the city support. So, you know, the, and, and being able to, being able to, mentor and work with the team, uh, you know, and have a, I love being in, I love being in the trenches with the team. I love leading, you know, be, being part of that. Um, you know, I, I think that's the way a good leader leads. That's hopefully my legacy. <laughs> I think you've left a pretty big mark. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much for making the time. I know you've got a busy weekend here in Chicago. This is a fun conversation. Oh, I, I appreciate it, Mary. Thanks. And that's a wrap on this week's show, which was brought to you by Koros. Koros makes a new GPS running watch called the Pace. I've been using it exclusively since late August. I've not gone back to my old watch since. There's a lot to love about it. It's got fast GPS signal acquisition. It's not bulky, super sleek, really lightweight. It's got an incredible battery life, up to 25 hours. A really intuitive, adaptable, easy-to-use interface. It's got great software. There's not a bunch of clunky, unnecessary stuff in there. you got wrist-based heart rate. You've got a barometric altimeter for accurate elevation readings. And it comes in three different colors, black, blue, and red. There's a lot I love about this watch. I think you will, too. Go to Coros.com, that's C-O-R-O-S.com, and enter the code SHAKEOUT when you check out and save 10%. My thanks to Coros for sponsoring the Morning Shakeout podcast. My thanks to you for listening in. And if you would like to support the show, the easiest way to do that is to go to Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to audio and leave a rating and a review. Only takes a few seconds, but really helps other listeners find the show, and it means a lot to me. That's all I've got. One last thank you to my man, John Summerford of bearsrecords.com. He's the man behind the scenes who makes this show sound as good as it does week in and week out. And for him, I am forever grateful. That's it for this episode of the Morning Shakeout Podcast. Until next time, I'm Mario Fraioli, and thank you for listening in. 